What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Danilo Judd. Obviously, by the title, this is my podcast, Danilo Judd Reviews. As you guys can tell, if you've been following me for a while, you do not see these WandaVision reviews up on the YouTube channel. That is because this is a podcast-exclusive episode where we're discussing WandaVision. And let me introduce you to my two co-hosts, Brandon and Francesco. I I went to school with both of them. I still go to school with both of them. And we're in college, and we're just shooting the shit about WandaVision, very structurally. Uh, Brandon, how's it going, man? It's been going good, man. How have you been? I've been doing okay. You know, just living the dream as an essential worker and a college student who's paying full tuition for online classes. Right on, right on. (laughs) And Francesco, how's it going with you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. You know, just living life, and uh, I'm really excited to be... uh here on the show today especially with with this discussion of today's episode and uh really happy to hear be with you guys yes yes uh you Brand, francesco has joined us brandon was on for the first episode but francesco joined us after that and he's been staying as a guest on because he does bring great insight into um wandavision and everything like that and you can check out the last few episodes on podcast form uh we do we do really enjoy wandavision Anyway, though, guys, that's the introduction of ourselves. Today, we are going to be talking about WandaVision, episode number five on a very special episode. We're going to talk about what we like about the episode, what we don't like about the episode, any Easter eggs from our Marvel um, Marvel geniuses, Brandon and Francesco. And then we're going to get into the fun part of talking about the theories and where we think the show is going to go. Anyway, guys, like I mentioned before, this is episode number five on a very special episode and here is the summary of the episode by our co by my co-host. So, in the 1980s, Wanda and Vision are still living in the suburbs of Westview and taking care of their twin babies. Agnes offers to help look after the boys, but Vision questions her behavior. He and Wanda are interrupted when Tommy and Billy suddenly age up to 5 years old. When a dog appears at their house and the boys ask to keep it and Agnes suggests the name Sparky. Wanda almost reveals her abilities to Agnes concerning Vision while the boys age up again to 10 years old. At work, Vision reads an email from S.W.O.R.D. that reveals the situation in Westview. He breaks through to Norm, his co-workers, and discovers that Wanda is seemingly controlling the town. S.W.O.R.D. sends a drone to Westview and attempts to kill Wanda on Hayward's orders. Wanda emerges from the reality field with the drone and warns Hayward to leave her alone. Scared by the drone, Sparky runs away and later dies by eating mysterious leaves and is discovered by Agnes. Vision confronts Wanda about her actions, but they are interrupted when Pietro arrives, watching the broadcast showing that Pietro has been recast. That was the summary of the episode, guys. (laughs) Now we're going to move into what we said in the beginning, what we like about the episode, what we don't like about the episode, uh, Easter eggs and then theories, obviously, and then we'll do. Then we'll wrap up the show. Uh, to start off, let's talk about what we did like about the episode. Uh, Brandon, what was one thing you liked about the episode, man? Um, the one thing I liked about this episode was I liked how nicely balanced it was, uh, going back and forth between you know the sitcom style that Wanda's and her reality. And going to the outside world where we are, you know, rejoined by Sword, uh, Jimmy Woo, 
Darcy Lewis and uh, now Monica Rambo, who, you know, as we saw in the previous episode, got yeeted back into the outside world. So at first when I was starting to watch it, like it seemed like I wonder how like they're going to tackle like going back and forth. But they actually did it um, in a nice pace that really like bounced off uh, one another in a way. That's what I really liked so far. Yeah, just to piggyback off that, I enjoyed that as well. Because um, we d- were introduced to S.W.O.R.D. in the last episode. So it was like, okay, we have two competing forces, Wanda's reality and the real reality. How are we going to equally show them and show what's important? And I think they they struck a good chord um, with, um, you know, the balance of it. One yeah, thing, I agree with that. One thing I really enjoyed about this episode was the tone of it. The tone of it, it was an 80s show. And we know the 80s were kind of, you know, comedic. They, they wanted to be like that. But this, the tone of the show was very, very dark. Um, they tackled big things like death, resurrection, betrayal. Um, we, have, we see Wanda point uh, fucking lasers as the director of S.W.O.R.D. I mean... You know, she's telling them, leave me alone. We see kids age. The The mom doesn't want her kids to age. Uh, and we see the tension, of course, between Vision and Wanda in this episode. So the tone of the episode was something I really enjoyed because for the past few episodes, it was, okay, we had serious moments, but nothing where it was like, okay, it's serious moments, but we could sense like just the tension growing. So I really enjoyed that about the episode. Uh, Francesco, how about you, man? You know, there's a lot of, you know, I have to say there's little to no thing for me personally. There's little to no things that were wrong about this episode that I disliked. There was a lot of things that I did like about it, especially like you said, Danilo, the dark undertones, because it's interesting because I'm really glad that you mentioned that because it's set in the 1980s and the 1980s, you know, it was very happy, go lucky, you know, yuppie couples, you know, moving into suburban neighborhoods and this has to be the darkest episode of the series so far and i mean yes we have like a lot of like mysterious like parts of the show but we really had a lot of like this was just completely dark and it it, like the dark undertones of this episode it brings out the darkness and chaos that's going to be rising possibly to the season finale you know we are seeing a much more darker side of the characters we once saw, you know, especially the ones that we once saw as heroes, especially with Wanda and Vision, you know, Elizabeth Olsen, yet again, she does a fantastic job in this episode, you know, she's very consistent with her acting, and, you know, with the mysteriousness and her dark, you know, her growing, you know, dark persona that she's developing throughout the series, Uh, the drone scene especially shows how unstable she is and how willing she is to keep her perfect reality under control. You know, she is out of touch with reality by building her own reality, which is very, very interesting. And we see Wanda lie more and more as the episode goes on, you know, to a point where even her own children don't even buy her lies anymore as seen when they, you know, they ask where vision is, where their dad is. And when he's working on a Saturday and she lies to them saying that it was a different day of the week or something came up from work or not realizing how fast events are moving and progressing. And in this episode, we see a darker and scared version of vision. 
you know, he's becoming more awake. He's becoming more aware, especially in the beginning of the episode. He becomes, he finally wakes up. I feel like that's a turning point in which he finally wakes up and realizes that he is in a virtual reality. I get not like a virtual reality, but pretty much in like a different reality. And you can see that Paul Bettany, he really killed it this episode. I think you guys can agree with that. He really killed it this episode because he really let, lets out his emotions. His ink. It's interesting because we see Vision as a very robotic character, very robotic character who you know very stagnant, you know very non-expressive. However, this is like the most expressive we've ever seen Vision. Yeah, and- it is. Um, it is Vision. Vision did a great job in this episode. I thought Paul Bettany did a great job. Brandon he- liked um, Vision's role as well. Brandon, talk about that for a minute, man. So you were a fan of Vision in this episode we kind of we didn't dog him last episode but we said we preferred elizabeth olsen uh or you know because for the other episodes um vision had good comedic timing and that was kind of it he was just like you know the joke almost or a joke uh, a joke character but his role for sure changed in this episode so brandon um what do you want to say about that man or do you have anything to say yeah going off that like as like we saw in the last you know four episodes that we saw Vision was more of the background character to Wanda. Yes. So we never got a real sense of like how he's reacting. He was just, you know, fitting into this uh, Westview society that um, Wanda kind of mind manipulated uh, to get there. So yeah, going off of Vision's role, uh, just in general, I thought every single character in this episode felt important to the story. No matter like if it was, you know, a smaller part or, or if it was a bigger part. Like take, for example, um, when Norm and Vision are in the workspace and, uh, you know, they get that uh, email from S.W.O.R.D. basically saying like, you know, Wanda's manipulated them and uh, in that sort of sense. And so Vision for a brief second taps into Norm's brain and he breaks through Wanda's mind manipulation and uh, Norm is all panicky, like just saying like, where am I? Like, I need to, I need to contact my family. And, uh, you know, just uh, going off that too, let me just say that the, the actor who played Norm did a very good job in that role. Yes. Yeah, like, oh, from, yeah. from switching from yeah. one mood to another in that instance, like he, he did not get enough credit after uh, the, uh, in the last couple of days as we're recording this. Going back to uh, everyone did a great everyone did a great job acting. I thought on this episode, like oh like yeah, Brandon I, I agree. Yeah. Everyone yeah. and especially Norm, um, like Brandon said as well, because he goes from just this happy uh, little tech boy, basically he he's in a trance, and then when Vision does that thing where he gets into his mind and you know de uh, dehypnotizes him, the dude's just terror. Like that's the emotion he has is just terror and fear. And just pain that, too, yeah, yeah, pain. And then so he expresses that so fast <laughs> and so easily on screen. And then when he goes back to you know the happy good guy after Vision, uh, go you know lets him be hypnotized again. It was like, like that's incredible range to have that and it to be on and off just like that. And absolutely, another, yeah. And another thing with acting, Agnes. Agnes has been one of my favorite characters throughout. Uh, all these episodes 
And in this episode, we saw the most of her when she came over to babysit the kids with the dog scene, uh, both dog scenes, you know, when they got it and when it died. I thought Agnes or Agnes, I forget her, her actress's name, but I think she did. An, Catherine Hahn. Yeah, Catherine Hahn. I, I think she did an excellent job with uh, with this episode. And I'm happy she got to step into that role, you know, more of a um, a frontline character, so to speak, or like a. A first string character, I guess, if you could call it that. Yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, like, following up on that, like, I thought this was the best um, portrayal uh, that Catherine Hahn did of the character. Like, just from her going, like, like, oh, like being like a little sassy, you know, like yeah. being that, being that, you know, helpful neighbor. And then um, in the beginning of the episode, you know, we see that instance where, you know, she goes out of character, you know, basically, um, uh, you know, she offers to do it again on Vision with the children, right? Yeah. Vision, you know, just basically like steps out of that and breaks, you know, breaks character a little bit, you know, just to um, like almost not offering her up in a sense. But then like she starts talking to Wanda saying like, do you want to do that take again? Or like, do you want to take it from the top? So, like, her range, too, in this episode, I would agree, was uh, phenomenal uh, acting by her. Yeah, everyone, acting was very strong and very prominent in this episode. And as we talked about in the summary, we're in the 80s, you know, and the 80s has a look to it. I personally, I got to be honest with you guys, I'm not a fan of the 80s movies or 80s television but it did look like the 80s. And I know Francesco enjoyed the 80s. So Francesco, oh, yeah. uh, you want to speak about, you You know, want to go into that? What, you know, I'm a complete opposite of you, Daniel, because okay. I love the 80s, you know. Yeah. I love 80s television. I always grew up with 80s television, uh, especially I love how they honored Full House and Family Ties, you know, especially Family Ties with their intro, you know, right. during the beginning. And it's like the scenic montage, you know, with the go lucky music, like from Full House, which is funny because, you know, like we said, Elizabeth uh, Olsen, you know, her sisters were the Olsen twins, the iconic Olsen twins. And that was really cool. And also, I love the life lesson emotional moments. You know, you get the slow acoustic guitar kind of thing. And it's like really funny, especially when the dog dies and the lesson about life and death, you know just like really sappy and uh I really yeah it's yeah it's a nice callback to how like eight like a very special 80s episodes what like how they would treat like serious moments so I thought that was a nice um reference to that exactly and then also with two with like they hilariously put up like the baby pictures of vision or when they dressed up as easter <laughs> i thought that was like the funniest thing it, it was like blowing up on twitter and i whoa 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 quick question about that do you yeah, guys think do you guys think baby vision is cute or scary i think he's scary but the memes are like the biggest potential for sure i love it <laughs> see, see yeah because i'm kind of mixed about that because there was one picture where it was like oh that's pretty cute but then there's another picture where like he's smiling with his teeth open i'm like oh, yeah, okay that okay weird. that's a, too much this is like almost nightmare inducing so, I think yeah, I it, think it was really creepy. funny but you know to it continue on that with baby yoda effect for me yeah no i didn't didn't have that for me either i didn't like baby yoda but i i did i was a bit sad when he you know spoiler he uh he left at the end of the season two but uh baby vision that's you know i'm not rushing out to buy a plush cursed image yeah no it just seems like everybody's (laughs) hopping on the baby yoda train as of late 
Yeah, for sure. One thing I do have to say about the 80s, I, I, did, I, did, I did just dog on it, but I will say their opening cracked me up. The it opening did. title sequence. That was the best opening of the series so far. 100%. That, like, <laughs> it was just so, it was so cheesy 80s that it was like, you have to like it. You know, like you just can't hate it. That in the second episode of like the opening because it was animated. And, oh like, yeah, it was the animated. Like, oh, the, the '60s one. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised nobody talked about that because it had such. I'm a, I'm a sucker for animation as well. It was such clean hand drawn animation, and I have to give a lot of credit to like the artists that uh, that did that opening. But with this episode's opening, though, it was it was charming. It was like it definitely captured the charm. And it was just the charm of the 80s. And I thought it was fantastic. And also another thing that I loved about that was loved about this episode that captured, you know, the the 80s, you know, 80s television was the trope of the recasting of the characters, especially with Pietro. I thought that was really cool. And uh, I thought that it kind of shows like the inconsistencies of like casting certain characters in the 80s. You know, and like they would pretend like, oh, nothing happened. You know, it's the same character. Oh, it's Uncle Phil or, oh, you know, but it's a completely different actor from like last season or something like that. So, yeah, I didn't but, know that was an homage, but when you. It, oh, yeah. That, I, I, you know, I, I can see why, um, why you would like it and why people who like the. 80s yeah, it, it, it didn't click on me like until like you just brought that up. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what a lot yeah. of sitcoms did uh, back in the day when they couldn't like get the, the original person anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And also it's like introduces to like another's 80s trope is like the relative that shows up to cause e- even more conflict, you know, For, okay. we can see that. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Like in Full House, that's basically how it all was set up because we get like Danny Tanner, who was like widowed. And Danny. yeah, D- Danny. Is that Danny? Yeah, Tanner? Danny yeah, 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 Danny yeah, Tanner. yeah, Danny Tanner. And like, guy. you know, he's widowed and then he gets like his brother in law and then he also gets like his his best friend or something like that. I don't know, yeah. like Dave Coulier. I remember yeah. he actually went to he actually went to North, he went to our high school. Fun fact. Fuck Notre Dame prep, dude. <laughs> Born in St. Clair Shores, my hometown, baby. I, oh yeah, that's right. St. No Clair Shores. That's so cool. We all have a connection with that. That's actually kind of oh, yeah, I know. He, he was actually good friends with my uncle, believe it or not. Uh, yo, shout out to Dave Coulier. Yeah, shout yeah, out to shout Dave out Coulier. To you know, we love your work, man. But you know, it's kind of yeah. <laughs> But, you know, this also like this, you know, the recasting shows like an importance, too, because it may it's like it, there's like an important purpose for this recast, which I'm going to discuss in our theories. But I loved every aspect of this like show, you know, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. You know, yeah. I love the media. Yeah. You know? It just makes it feel good. But it's dark, though. It's really, really dark. I know. I, that's why I love. That's why I like oh. it. I like when they go dark. It's genius. Infinity War was my favorite because it was just straight to dark. We see characters be choked out in like the first five minutes of the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. We see people stabbed in the first five minutes. It's like people falling like, off cliffs. Yeah, just oh that God. that that's it for me. And then of course, we obviously all love the character Darcy. J- fuck Darcy. We love the <laughs> Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. Jimmy fucking Woo. Before we, uh, Brandon, do you have anything more you have to add to why you like the episode or? No, I mean, just uh, just a little thing, like how, like, um, you know, every character bounced off each other really nicely, you know, going back into, you know, how the acting was great in this episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. Chemistry was Everyone just seemed like they were, like, um, like it was all natural to them, especially with uh, Monica, Darcy, and Jimmy Woo. 
yeah, this literally seems like the third episode of these characters. Like the first one, their chemistry is eh, second one getting better. Third one, of course, it was just the sword episode. And then this one, it was like, wow, they like they got it, you know, like they got their roles down kind of. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, yeah. That's what it seemed like to me too. And then before we get into what we don't like about the actually, let's go into what we don't like about the episode. So now we're gonna go into what we don't like about the episode. Um this is where we do get a bit nitpicky with uh, things that we don't like because all of us collectively really, really enjoy this show. You know, we all have fun with it and we all love to talk about it. Um, so I will go first. One thing that I didn't like, um, I don't want to disagree with Francesco, but one thing I didn't like <laughs> was the Pietro introduction. For, and, and not because I didn't care for um, it being an, the MCU guy over the, uh, the MCU guy got, you know, not not because I didn't care that it was the, was it X-Men? X-Men, right? Yeah, the it was from the X-Men series. Yeah, yeah, not that I, yeah, I didn't care about that. I didn't care that they got rid of the MCU guy. I didn't like it because it seemed like it didn't fit the tone of the episode. It seemed like it was so much tensioned with, with that Wanda um, almost face-off with Vision. And then, you know, it quickly turns into this almost joke, you know, like everyone starts laughing. He comes in with that accent of his and mm -hmm. I just, it that just didn't fit the tone for me. I would have liked it if we got the shot of him with the back of the head. We got the shot of their faces reacting and then we got the shot of him and then it went black. Like that would have been, that would have been, that would have made this episode top for me. Like the, the best one. I still think it is the best one, but it would have elevated it to like, nothing's wrong with this episode kind of i could definitely see why you would like dislike this aspect of the episode because it's very out of nowhere but at the same time it does make sense though because then again you know it's fitting the 80s tropo the crazy relative comes you know but it's pretty it's pretty off color because it's supposed to come off as like charming 80s but at the same time it's like what the fuck is happening you know yeah and but we, the, like it we weren't okay to backstep though, they mentioned Pietro multiple times in the last few episodes. Yes, he mentioned right. he had a brother multiple times in the last few episodes. So it wasn't like I was like, "Why the fuck is this guy in the episode?" It was more just like the tone. You know, they had the yeah. tone for the whole episode, and to me, they just kind of like, "Let's just shoehorn Pietro in at the very end." You know, to have him say his line so he can get a big check instead of just being shown on screen. That that's a nitpick though. Like that's that's a minor minor nitpick for. For the whole entire episode but that was just something i i uh i don't know it just rubbed me the wrong way almost yeah i could see why you would think that though but you gotta like look at it this way in like a plot perspective though you can see that the marriage is kind of between vision and wanda is falling apart and you know and they're already having a lot of conflict and chaos but what's going to cause even more chaos the goofy brother oh he's the mysterious goofy brothers coming into play and that's the reason why we're going to bring him back because he's going to cause even more conflict, you know, and probably even more darker conflict because of the, you know, the consistency of the tone of like, as the series progresses. And, you know, I, I could see why you think yeah. that's a nitpick, you know, but, and I completely, you know, respect that. I want to like, just say that about the Quicksilver scene. Yeah. Um, I actually enjoyed that a lot more because like you were saying, Francesco, like it added to the tension of Vision and Wanda just that much more because like minutes before like because they were arguing about you know like you know how did or vision was kind of um he was kind of thinking about like why are there no children outside of like the children that wanda has in westview and like 
um, why are you manipulating these people? So it goes into more of like um, Wanda, you know, being in control of all this because they're like hammering it down that Wanda is the main person who's behind all this, which, you know, is starting to suspect me that she's not the only one behind this, but we'll get into that more in the theories and predictions. But yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, because uh, I like the the Quicksilver thing ended how it did because of, um, you know, Vision doubting Wanda even more about how Quicksilver ended up uh, in this place. Because I'm sure he's aware of the real Quicksilver's death from Age of Ultron. Yeah, and to piggyback off that, the whole episode's theme was we, you can't resurrect death. Yes, yes. You know, yes, that was the most. whole theme of you can't resurrect death. And then the fact that he just comes in at the end, it's like, why is he here if he if Wanda can't do that? You know, if Wanda doesn't have that power, why can he do that? Like, I, I'm not saying, you know, I wouldn't want to see him in it. I just don't think him him having that accent and him doing being that funny punchline at the end of the attention filled episode was the right choice. I think that could have came in the next episode, like the first thing that happens in the next episode. But, you know, that's that's very nitpicky of me. You know, not really, uh, not really that important. Uh, Brandon, what what don't you like about the episode, man? If there is anything. Yeah. So, like, other than like what I, what, what I'm gonna say uh, next, like I didn't have anything wrong entirely with this episode. I thought everything worked the way it did. Like the acting was great. Again, the writing, I mean, it's just repeating every single week about the writing and how fucking good it is. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. But there is one little nitpick, and I want to point this out. This is a nitpick. Um, but there was a conversation in the middle of the episode between Darcy, Monica, and Jimmy Woo about how Wanda could have taken on Thanos in Endgame and how they were mentioning, you know, what was uh, the ending of Endgame and how that turned out. To me, it just didn't make any sense because they weren't even there in the first place with the whole battle going on in Endgame. So the way they said it, it just seemed out of character for them to even mention how they even would even come up with that. Because they could have either... And I could see, you know, the argument where like, oh, they're still playing the audience again. Like they're still like coming up with all these different um, scenarios that could have uh, happened. But to me, again, like it just didn't seem like it fit with the with the character interactions because. Oh, no, go on. You're right. It, it doesn't seem like it fits. And if they were going to show that they were the audience it wouldn't be the people outside of, you know, that Wanda's bubble who would have said that. It would have been the people yes. inside the bubble who could have said it and got probably gotten away with it more than yeah. them. Um, now, if they brought up how, like, they had it in, or they, they read it in, like, uh, his, in a, um, they saw a the footage. file or something, or, yeah. like, a historical reference or something like that. Like, if they made it actually made sense, then I would have been okay with it. But it just seemed like out of nowhere for that to even like have that conversation. It did. I a hundred percent agree with that. It, it is a nitpick, obviously. Right. I a hundred percent agree that it, it was just weird. It was weird. It was weird and like out of character. It didn't make a lot of sense. Like you said, 
Um, Francesco, do you did you enjoy it? Did you care for it, or did it not really bother you? It it did bother me a little bit. It it it's just it didn't really make too much sense. I understand, and adding a little bit more of a setting, you know, it's like to, you know, give a little bit more depth into like Endgame and how it's still affecting like, you know, the characters and stuff. But yeah. but between like the minor characters, but it just it didn't really make any sense and it didn't really fit, you know, within the story. So there's really, it wasn't really necessary. Yeah. And you know, that's, I mean, that's all I got to say about that. But and they even mentioned how like, this took- you would, I mean, why, you know, people would like think like, Oh, this is like important. Like every detail counts, but I don't know. I just, I wasn't like, like you guys, I just wasn't really a big fan of the end game references. Like I get it. It's important. It was an important film. I mean, it's important to like the story, especially with like WandaVision. And I mean, Endgame is important though because it did, because without Endgame or without um, Infinity War, we wouldn't have WandaVision, you know? Yeah, I know, but but, but we're just talking, we're just talking about the reference though. The reference though didn't make sense. No, it didn't. Yeah. And to mind you that they even said like this was about nine days after Endgame. Supposedly. Yeah, what the fuck? So how would they even know it by nine days? That's a nitpick of mine, actually. You know what? Now that you said that, that's a fucking nitpick. We, this is, okay. I like The Last Jedi. I love the movie. There's one complaint I do have about that movie, though. One complaint is that it should have not taken place 30 fucking seconds after The Force Awakens. Nine yeah. days. Nine days after endgame seems like a long fucking time to have monica you know appear go to sword come to wandavision be in fucking wandavision for half of that time literally literally because if he said nine days on episode number um five or four or whatever and we can assume every episode's a day that means half the time you know like it doesn't make i don't like how they how it seems crammed to me it seems crammed. There must be a reason why it is because Marvel has not done anything where it doesn't make sense in the future, but it does seem crammed to have it be nine days. It, it, it's a it, weird timeline to have, nine days. It's, it seemed like they just shoehorned it in just to have conflict between Monica and Captain Marvel. That's exact. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's exactly, exactly what, what it feels for. like. Yeah. Because, yeah, they like Jimmy Woo mentions like how like Captain Marvel could like, you know, defeat Thanos. And then there was a brief moment where like, Monica got irritated by, you know, the fact that Captain Marvel even got mentioned. Yeah. So um, there's definitely uh, history that's going to be explored between those two characters. But yeah, that that reference in general just that seemed threw like me it, off as well. Yeah. It, yeah. It just got shoehorned in, like I said, just to add to the conflict between Monica and Captain Marvel. Um, one more thing I don't like about um, this episode, and it's not something about this episode. It's more about in the story in general is I don't want to see Sword repeat the same story of S.H.I.E.L.D., where there's that high, where Hydra infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D., there's bad things, you know, happening, and, you know, they're, they're like a traitor, basically, like a mole on the inside. And the reason I say that is because, you know, Vision's head, as we saw, or his mind or body, whatever the fuck you call it, was in Sword. And they were, it looks like they were studying it to be a weapon, and we know from dialogue that Vision didn't want that to happen. We also see um, when uh, the director of S.W.O.R.D. was being a total dick to our boy Jimmy Woo, 
you know, he was a bit upset and he's like, I don't speak ill of people. He turned to Darcy and Darcy, and Darcy was saying, yeah, director Hayward can be kind of a, and the next word in there is terrorists. Now I know that could just be so they don't say the word dick on television. I get that. But if we know one thing from this writing is that it's very essential, you know, it, it's very, very important is the dialogue and the writing. Yes. And so it sort of is this terrorist group or this, this these bad guys. I, I'm not going to be a fan of that storyline. How would you guys feel if they kind of repeated that? You know, so would I'm, you? I'm kind of iffy about it because I don't like repeats, you know, with, I mean, I understand it like Hydra. I mean, it's consistent with the comics. I think Brandon can agree with me on that because there is a consistency of like, you know, insurrection within like, you know, a once good, uh, once good police force or yeah i I think so yeah but the show is just so original like it's so original it does it's doing everything right and if they go down there i'm i'm just gonna be incredibly pissed because i get that with star wars you know star wars is a lost cause at this point this is the only time though i'm seeing something new and original for once god damn it i want it to keep it that way Wait, now, gonna now would, you be, oh, would go. you be fully opposed to Sword being the bad guy or just the way that like they would follow the Hydra storyline? I would be opposed to them being the bad guy in general. If it's just Director Hayward and that unit right there, you know, yeah. that unit that's, that's on the ground. If it's just them and the reason why they're considered the quote-unquote bad guy is because Wanda doesn't want them infiltrating her little dome, that's fine. Well, you got to also consider another thing, too, is that maybe they're not really Hydra, but, you know, maybe they're just a strict organization that just, you know, is like terrorism. Like you see with like General Ross from uh, the Hulk movie, if you get the Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk, you see like he's like very. I but mean, they've done that already. They've done that then in Hulk and they've done it in uh, the uh, Captain America series of yeah. Hydra or whatever. I, I but Hydra is different though from like General Ross though because he's just like the U.S. government or Shield or whatever the hell I, he's I just, part of. I don't want to see. You just don't like repeats. I don't. just don't like repeats. And I don't want to <laughs> see Sword being the bad guy. If they do it in original, if they do it in a way where it disguises itself, it's as somewhat new and original. Okay, I, I can accept it. I won't like it, but fine. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, that, I don't know because it just seems like they're they're pushing that to be. I don't see them being the main bad guys, but I could definitely see them being a minor antagonist to the overall villain. Because right. first could, off, oh sorry, oh well, because first off, how did Sword even get Vision's body in the first place? Because we saw that they were taking apart Vision's body in you know a facility in their headquarters. So my my assumption to believe is that Sword is using was using Vision to create weapons for their own you know pleasure. That's what it seemed like that the story is leaning towards. And Wanda doesn't want Vision didn't want that. Wanda must know Vision didn't want that. So Wanda's actually the hero kind of by saving Vision from that or you know honoring Vision's wish. And, you know, I can see, I can understand if Sword's the antagonist of this series, so to speak, because Wander's our protagonist. Like, I get that, uh, that conflict. I just don't want to see Sword have a prominent, I guess, I guess the thing is, I don't want to see Sword have a prominent presence in Phase 4 as the villain. 
I don't. No, think no, I don't think they're. I don't they're, think they're, they're, they're gonna have a. Okay, face. that's fine. That's that's, that's totally fine. If it's just, just this show, you know, just because, like I said, Wanda needs a antagonist, so to speak, then I I can be on board with that. But anything more of Sword going on and being this, you know, uh, just strict group that's harsh on the Avengers, I'm I'm not for that. I could you see thinking- like. I could see like sword being like I mean there's like a section of sword with like Hayward like being like a coup you know what I mean yeah coup, like as yeah. in like a, yeah like a separate group that's like you know rising against their own organization I could definitely see that but I don't really see them I mean I'm sure like sword is going to definitely have a impact and like for the future the replacement of shield because shield yeah I don't have fallen but I I see them consistently being good people like right after the you know like even right after showing in in future films in the future mcu but another thing is though is that i don't think we're going to be really seeing more of like enemy organizations anymore now we're going to be seeing more extraterrestrial and interdimensional oh yeah yeah for sure that's that's the hope i'm hoping for that's again why i wouldn't want to see grounded you know exactly because we're gonna this is all speculation as well they might not be going this route as this this was just something that if they do go this route, I wouldn't be a fan of. Um, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. yeah, I agree to that as well. And one more thing. I know this, this, might, this might jump ahead to theories and predictions. I will say this, though. If Wanda makes it her own army, because she can, do, you know, we saw in this episode, she can control the fucking troopers. That would be damn cool. Um, I don't know if that's anywhere near what like what could possibly happen, but I think that would be really cool if you could manipulate uh, this little section of sword here. Anyway, go though. Anyway, though, guys, that was the nitpicks of what we didn't like about the episode. Um, like we said, they're nitpicks. Some things may not even happen, but you know, we just we just had some things we didn't like about the episode. Before we get into Easter eggs, um, theories, and predictions, let's. Uh, um, say how much we like this episode out of five um i'll go first i thought it was a 4.8 out of five i just 4.8 the pietro thing man it i'm just not a fan i can't get over that i maybe point two points off just for the pietro scene it was so strong dude and wanda's just an absolute badass in this episode dude she killed that like her act Um acting. She fucking killed it. Yeah, it's off the charts in this series. I I hope she gets, you know, I'm not trying to say Marvel isn't cinema, but I'll say I hope she gets an acting role in a cinema movie, you know, because she has proven herself to be a very, very strong actor in this uh, TV show. Brandon, what do you give the episode out of five, man? I got to give it a four and a half. Out of five. Oh, I thought that's harsh. Whoa. Man. Guess you're not harsh. Guess you're not collecting yeah, it's Disney harsh. Why is why okay? Why, I think going I think give, giving it a 4.8 is harsh and I'm giving it a 4.5 because at least yeah. it's at a half. I knocked off the episode for like 30 seconds by 0.2. So but Brandon's <laughs> collecting his Disney check this uh this week. <laughs> what no, is- I'm not getting that paycheck this week. <laughs> <laughs> why why a 4.5 though um i mean like kind of we discussed earlier like the you know everything about it uh was just entertaining as hell i mean everybody played their parts to the t just about um the end game thing again was just a little nitpick but um hopefully like, i just don't want us to see that being a recurring thing in the show because it has this 
full head of steam. And if they just keep hammering down with the end game references without any logical sense to it, I don't know. But it took you out of the show. Overall, I mean, yeah, overall, this episode was fantastic to me. Yep. I'll agree with that. And Francesco, what did you rate it, man? I have to say, like, 4.9 4.9 out of 5. I, okay, I, that's extremely harsh. Again, with the death. Yeah, that's, that's point one, man. That's insane. You know, I have to... It's too I, much. I, thought it was, I thought it was a fantastic episode, you know? What did was... you like about it, man? Not enough Darcy? The po- <laughs> not enough, <laughs> that point one, like, another scene with Darcy? <laughs> I was actually going to make a joke about that. <laughs> no, but I have to say it was like this, like uh, like concerns with like it's like the, the minor characters with the with the Endgame references, yeah. you know, and that was just like the only thing that like because they didn't really make any sense. And another thing is like probably like the sword repeat. I really hope they don't do that. I really, yeah, yeah. I hope they don't do that. It'll just show like it's just it's just weak storytelling in my opinion. But it is know. weak storytelling. That's why Star Wars is a shit show. Anyway though. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> anyway though, guys, that was our review of the episode. Now we go into some more of the fun things of Easter eggs, what we notice in the episode that can relate to Marvel comics, other Marvel TV shows, other Marvel properties. Maybe it relates to behind the scenes work, anything like that. If you know me, you know, I'm more of a Star Wars guy. I am not a Marvel guy. So I leave this segment up to Brandon and Francesco. And I understand Brandon has four goddamn pages. Okay, 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 okay. I said I have four pages of notes for this entire episode. I never specified four pages of Easter eggs. Okay, Okay. I'm not some fucking YouTuber breaking down every single (laughs) shot in this whole episode. You're not one of those clickbait, uh, clickbait YouTube videos where everything's fucking circled on the on the (laughs) thumbnail and it says what you missed in Wandavision. (laughs) Like they zoom it in on like a, a certain like image. Anyway, those guys, this is going to be the Easter egg segment, like I said. Uh, who wants to go first, Brandon or Francesco? I forgot who went first last week. I'm, I think Brandon went first. Whoa. Yeah, wow, I think Brandon. Still, you got uh, you know what? I'll just let Francesco go first because I have a ton of Easter eggs of my own that yeah. I uh, have to share. <laughs> He's got like two out of the four pages, you know, that he has. <laughs> no, Three and a half pages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I had I saw a couple, you know, I watched this episode three times and uh, three times. Jesus, yeah, three times. Dude. Yeah, Brad, how wanna... many did you watch it, man? I only watched it two, and I only yeah. watched it one and a half. Once again, the host is lacking. <laughs> you know what? That's a step up from one episode. So, that is a go. step up from one episode. That is true. Maybe next week we'll hit two. This man's improving, but Probably I have not. to, yeah, but Maybe I have we'll to. <laughs> But I have to say, with in terms of Easter eggs, you know, I saw a couple of them that were pretty cool. I especially with the uh, the opening, only the only you you can see that only Vision's face is painted in the intro. So I kind of think that it probably foreshadows that he's waking up from the reality. I thought that was really cool, and I saw this Easter egg on TikTok. So I forget who. Uh, no, I did, and it was Bruh. really interesting. You'll you'll love it, Bruh. There hear is a red. Yeah, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. There is a red glow that surrounds Wanda. If you really, really look closely, you know what? You know what? Where following on the up portrait? No, oh, like throughout. No, throughout while she's acting and everything. There's Stop. like a glow. Yeah. You, you know. I want you to relook. I want you to rewatch. I'm gonna relook it right Do now. Dude. I don't want it. What? Fuck, F- following up on that though, 
remember that remember that scene where you know the kids and want to discover you know the death of sparky and um yes agnes Hona. yeah yeah remember when vision comes in right towards mm-hmm. like the last couple seconds you can see on his legs there's a red tint like on his pants is this is this just lighting though guys like no. come on. i see Let's it not- i see it as I see it as Wanda's reality coming to an end. It is. That's how I'm seeing it's it. It's crumbling, man. It's crumbling. But is it okay? I come on. Are, no, really? I'm serious. Look we'll back I, at the, the deal is blown away right now. I, I, no, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not blown away by it too, dude. I just think you guys are overanalyzing the goddamn show. Okay. No, man. No, man. So in every single shot, Wanda has a red tin around her. Yes. There's no way every single shot. Yeah, I would have. It is. I would have picked up on There's that no too. No, fucking... it's very subtle. Very, very subtle. It, it's genius. It's it's literally so genius. I'm looking at her while she's holding the dog, dude. I'm not seeing shit. It, it's you just lighting. No, wait, watch what watch when um vision comes in though. I am look at watching. His, oh, look, look at, at his legs. Okay, shit, shit, shit. I miss. I missed the leg. I missed the leg. He just came in. God damn it, dude. Okay, here he comes. Here he comes. Here he comes. I'm not seeing it. I like how he's watching the episode. I know, as we're like, yeah, while we're doing the review. (laughs) That's lighting. That's lighting, dude. No, there's no way because it's red. It's a very specific red. I want everybody. We're fucking filmmakers, dude. If, if, okay, if there's lights above light, like overhead lights that are shining down on wood, and we know the wood is mahogany, it looks like mahogany. Look at the frame. It looks half red. Okay, okay, okay. But but this is. this is a multi-billion-dollar company. You think they would forget a little tint like that in no. their episode? They can't. No. They have it's to put that in lighting. for a specific reason. The... Oh There's no way God. they would forget There's... about that. You fuckers are right. Are you yeah, fucking? I am. Right of course, now? I'm, I'm right. Telling <laughs> you. Get fucked. Yeah, get dude i like how we're all arguing about a fucking red tint dude i swear isn't that insane i I saw that that's fucking nuts maybe it's crazy because i'm two inches from the goddamn screen feels like that that coming to an end dude do you think we got four more episodes or five okay i argue with you guys there i don't think it's coming to an end if it's that prominent i think it's just getting started yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I mean. And that's why oh, we okay. have the. Oh, that's why you. we have. This is what this ties in perfectly too. It's the descent of man. So, so this it's can mean fucked. two meanings. You so it's the descent of Wanda's <laughs> reality. Yeah. A red okay. tin around my ass. <laughs> You're still mad. I'm so pissed. <laughs> first it was, first it was, you guys messed up the document and made the indents too indented. <laughs> now it's a red up, tint. So like for those of you that are not like listening right now, so we were like, we have like notes like in front of us like to discuss, you know, that because we, we have like a certain like format, you know. Yeah, we want to make sure everything gets right. Exactly. And like, we know what we're talking about. We're not just like rambling like a bunch of idiots. And Danilo, you know, he's, he's the host, right? So he yeah. set up the document. I make a Whoever. nice document, a it's nice beautiful be document <laughs> that has, you know, number one, what we like about the episode, number two, what we don't like about the episode, number three, Easter eggs, and number four, theories and predictions. And under that, there's then subheadings, Danilo, Brandon, Francesco, Danilo, Brandon, Francesco, someone, Not I didn't me. even go on the document at all this week, someone messed up the indentations so there was no number four that said theories. 
But, but here's the thing, though. It's the same document, and you <laughs> deleted the, same the stuff. Document that we you use every week. The stuff. We won't get into that. Why I are we arguing anything. about this on the I review? <laughs> I didn't take. Okay. Anyway, okay. Stop. Yeah, we're yeah we're getting way. So we're getting off track. Go back into vision and so, apparently the descent the of man. So so vision's descent of man. So the red glow. Yes. Get so we. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope we really keep this part of the, <laughs> the podcast. But um, <laughs> no, please keep it. Okay. Anyways, but visions. Re- uh, Vision reads Charles Darwin's "The Descent of Man" to the kids. You know, try and put them to sleep. Right. Or, which, so the interesting about the descent of man. So it discusses about humanity. You know, the evolution of man, and what's interesting is that one Vision is not a man. He's a robot. However, he is involving his AI. He's, is a, involving, he's a synthesoid is what they call him. He, he is a synthesoid, oh, and is which that? is also interesting because the book discusses mankind's animalistic behavior of war, which is ironic because vision refuses to be a weapon of war. And another that thing is that interesting, was, but that it doesn't that's a little too much into it. To that my that doesn't liking, relate but. to the red glow. I will say this. We're we're way past the red glow, man. We're we're going on a different topic. I want to say this to listeners. If you guys know me, you know that I can't read. So when it came to The Descent of Man, I thought that was a movie title. Not a fucking book. Oh, no. I knew who Charles Darwin was. I thought maybe he was, he you know, experimented. He directed a movie or something. Yeah, you know. He's like Thomas Edison. Like in the 1800s, like he just decided, I'm going to make the first movie in in the whole world. Well, like I said, man, I don't read. So how could I read a textbook that said he was from the 1800s? (laughs) I mean, I might even be wrong. I don't even know if he was born in the 1800s. Who? Oh, Brandon, are you admitting on the podcast that you don't read either? I'm not saying I don't read. I'm just saying I'm not fully knowledge on the source material. Okay. okay. See, I do know that he was born. He was like from the 1800s, and he had like 20 kids or something. I don't know. I just remember this. Yeah, he had 20 kids. Charles Darwin. Okay. He must have had a lot of wives then. Yeah. Yeah, No. He. Yeah. Yeah. This is way off topic. But anyways. So you were saying you were saying about something. So another thing, another interesting Easter egg that I saw on the show was the gazebo is the only location in Westview that has consistently been in the show. You know what else has consistently been in the show? What? The Red Glow? Wanda and Vision's house. <laughs> yes. But it's been, like, different, though. Yeah, but it's, it's been like, in the show. I understand, yeah, but... Dwarf like, has been in the show. What has I, it... What, what, what did you say, Daniela? The door of the house was has been consistently in the show. I understand, but it's a different style though, because as the, like the show is progressing, there's like different like you know yeah, different so like the, setting. The gazebo stayed exactly the same. It stayed exactly the same. Okay, it's the dude. same white. This yeah. is way too much overanalyzing. First, you had no, me looking at a red glow. Now you're saying just because the gazebo. I didn't even glow. pay attention to that. Yeah, dude. bro. Come. Okay. Do you there's have a, something do you have important ex- about that? Every oh, shot why? is important. Why? Why do you think the gazebo is important? We don't know yet. Well, the gazebo. You got to think about it this way, though. The gazebo is like a symbol of like it's the center of the town, right? It's the very center of the town. I guess yeah. the community comes to in, comes together, and that's why the community came together. Remember in that one episode where they did the magic show, and yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's like you. it's a communal okay. area, and that's what brings Westview together. I believe that something's going to happen in you know with the gazebo because the gazebo's got to be there for some reason, and it's just interesting to me that it's the only the aspect of the show only location of the show that's 
remained unchanged. You know, we get. Like, I'll give you five clothes. bucks if you're right. I'll oh give yeah, you five bucks if you're right. Five bucks. So we got like ten bucks, like because like we made the last bet. I'm not losing money on this one. You guys can bet on this. <laughs> yeah, Daniel and I are betting like. No, no I'm already bucks. betting. I'm already betting on the, the fucking one thing Caesars, or whatever. The one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're not gonna take my side on this, Brandon. You don't think he's overanalyzing the gazebo? I'm undecided. I'm undecided. I'm, <laughs> here we go. He's smart. I'm, you know I'm my you own in, independent man. Here we go. You know, just okay. You well, you know what? I think because Wanda has red hair, um, she's actually looking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do this. Sure. why not? <laughs> she has red hair. That means there's the red glow. But that's that's your reason. I, I think it's just like important to like talk about this, like because we're talking about like everybody being like a, a possibly Mephisto. Yeah. So I sent. So in our group chat, we sent like we sent each other memes. And there was like this one meme that we saw was like that one anime character or whatever. It's like a guy with the glasses and he sees like a butterfly. It's like me. And then it's like any, like any character, like is this Mephisto? And so like looking at the butterfly, I just thought it was really funny. I'm telling you, this is going to bite you in the ass, Danilo, in the end. No, it won't, dude. The fuck dude, it's, gonna you're going to give me those 10, ass. you're going to give me, give me that 10 fucking dollars. I swear to God. All right. Maybe. Who knows? I, I, okay. Listen. If you guys think the gazebo is important, please tweet at, at Franny. Is it what? Franny official still? Franny official. Tweet at Franny official. If the gazebo is not important, tweet at Danilo. Danilo Judd. <laughs> Don't tweet at Brandon at BKLion26. Right, Brandon? Or what is it? We could talk about other things other than the fucking gazebo. <laughs> okay. Don't tweet at Brandon because Brandon's not taking a side here. <laughs> <laughs> but tweet at one of us, if whoever you think is right. Anyway, though. It might be, you know, that's very interesting that you bring that up. I'm just fucking with you, obviously, but I, I'm still, I'm, I'm going to take $5 from you, but uh, <laughs> All right, bet. you're going to lose $5. Oh my huh? God. That's very interesting that you bring up the gazebo. It may be important. We know a lot of things in this show that are minor details are very important in the future, but I just think it's set location, man. You know, if they're on, if they're in this town and they're shooting this thing, obviously they can't change the goddamn gazebo. And it probably is just a good prop for uh, background and making it look more like a quote-unquote town. Um, were those all your Easter eggs you did have, Francesco? Yeah, that was my, pretty much my it. My Marvel connoisseur. There weren't really a lot of uh, Marvel ones here, Marvel references. But uh, they, you did bring a nice discussion to the table about a Thank goddamn you. red Thank glow. You. and a. Well, uh, get ready for my 20 minutes of Easter eggs, boys. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> How would kidding. I introduce you, Brandon? Anyway, though, guys, now let's go into theories because Brandon just interrupted me. Oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> anyway, though, guys, let's get into the next. Uh, Brandon has theories. My other Marvel kind of sore. Uh, so, Brandon, let's hear some of them, man. We can discuss them. Okay, going on some little fun facts for these set of um, uh, Easter eggs. Um, uh, let's, see, let's go to the commercial, actually. Let's talk about the commercial real quick. Yes. So this week's commercial was about Lagos paper towel. And if you're wondering, you know, what's, what's the significance about that, Francesco? I'm glad you asked because Lago is the, is the fucking city that Wanda destroyed back in Civil War. Yep, in Nigeria. Whether, yep. Yeah, in Nigeria. Whether that was, um, I think that was more accidental on her um, point, was it not? Um, no, it wasn't because she was still with uh, Ultron at the time because she was doing the mind manipulation with Hulk and stuff, and that's why he caused all that chaos. If you remember the quote, and I'm 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 pretty sure I'm fucking right, but anyway, we'll see. Uh, 
Well, I'll, I'll look it up uh, if, when you guys are talking. But anyway, going back to, you know, the paper towel, the, the quote for that was, or the tagline for that was, for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. So either way, I mean, Rwanda directly was the cause of whatever happened in uh, Lago. Yeah, she made a fucking mess that she didn't mean to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, that's a cool Easter egg. I didn't catch that the first time. Uh, we talked about it afterwards. But, uh, you know, that was a good representation of, you know, kind of Wanda's whole whole story, basically, I thought. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it, is it was interesting. interesting, too, that it was like the liquid was red. So you think that symbolizes blood? Or- <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yeah. you hear like dripping, too. Mm-hmm. That was a nice okay. little touch, too. Interesting. That is cool. That's a nice one. And so um, this one, I got the lyrics to the actual theme song that played during the intro. Was that so on I, lyricgenius.com? No, I think I found it on like uh, uh, IGN or uh, oh, okay. okay, whatever. Like one of those websites. Yeah, something that breaks it down too. Yes, yeah, one of those websites that break it down more um, definitively. Okay, that's cool. And um, so, so yeah, I figured we, we would um, analyze it and kind of like briefly talk about it if you guys are up for it. Yeah, I am because I didn't pay much attention to the lyrics. Um, Either no, me not. neither. That's why, like, I, I knew they were going to have some significance to it. I loved the introduction, I, just because it was hilarious, but I didn't pay any attention to the lyrics. And the second time around, or the second and a half time around I watched it, I skipped the whole introduction because I, I didn't, you know, I was in a hurry. But yeah, so t- tell about the lyrics. Let's hear them. You wander the world with a vision of what life could be. But then the years come and teach you to just wait and see. Forces may try to pull us apart, but nothing can phase me if you're in my heart. Crossing our fingers, seen in the song, we're making it up as we go along. Through the highs and lows, we'll be right, we'll be wrong. We're making it up as we go along. And then there will be days we won't know which way to go, but we'll take it higher. You're all I desire. When the going gets tough, when push comes to shove, we're making it up because we got love. We got love. We got love. We got love. Baby, we got WandaVision. Once again, the writing on this show has proved just how fucking powerful and important it is. Yeah, th- those lyrics are great, Brandon. They, uh, first of all, I applaud you for actually looking up, taking out the time. So going to you know find the um, lyrics for don't the it. That's part of the job. <laughs> but I will say, um, that represents almost Wanda and Vision's relationship right now perfectly, in my opinion. Yes, that's what yes. I thought. I I think the it, the writing's great. It just shows that the writing's great. Um, Francesco, what do you think of it, dude? Like you said, the writing is just absolutely phenomenal. It's just genius. Because now I need to read. Now I need to listen to all the opening songs now. Yeah, exactly. For like the, all the episodes, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. re- it really a- illustrates what the hell is going to happen in the episode. Yeah. And Brandon, you obviously like the l- lyrics. Oh my god! Yeah, you like like you said, Janelle. Like it, it basically like talks about the relationship between Vision and Wanda up to this point, and yes. like it kind of almost foreshadows what's going to happen towards the end in a way. It does, and I, I want to go into theories, but the now's not the time, but I do think those lyrics play a big part in the, um, the end, where, we, where this show could potentially go. 
Uh, Francesco, you have more to say on the lyrics? It it just it, you just said it all, Daniel. It's just really gonna paint the picture of like you know what's gonna happen, theories, you know, and it's just oh, it's just gonna open it up, especially with like this one. This is probably like the best theme. Like we, I think we can all agree that this was like the best theme song for like this episode or for Absolutely. like the show. And it's just really painting the picture, like literally painting the picture, <laughs> like from the intro of like what's gonna happen. And yeah, I mean, ooh, I can't wait to go into the theories, man. <laughs> but yeah, you have any more for us, Brandon? Any oh more boy, do I! My Marvel boy, connoisseur. Do. Is that what it you know it? Be called a Marvel connoisseur when you know knowledge or something? Yeah, it kind okay. Of I just want to make yeah. sure I yeah. wasn't saying something that's like means you know zookeeper <laughs> or some goddamn shit, you know? <laughs> But yeah, keep keep going, Brandon, with the what you got, man. That that's an interesting theory. Um, so I bet you noticed um, a lot of the tiger references that were in this episode. There were a couple um, references to uh, tigers because there was a line where um, when Agnes was spraying the lavender spray onto the baby, she says, um, I think she went like, uh, Ralph tries this on me, but um, yeah, you can't tame this tiger. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I noticed that. I didn't think anything of it, though. I just thought that was her trying to be. But then later on in the episode, in the, in the kitchen, there's a fucking tiger figurine on the kitchen table. Wait, what? What did you say? I said I, I thought that was I didn't think anything of it. I just thought that was Agnes's way of being kinky, like for the '80s, you know. I mean, it could be both ways. I like, mean, didn't she shake her ass then after that too? She's yeah, kind of like swaying side Whoa, to side. Oh, Francesco, you are quick to answer there, buddy. Well, she did. <laughs> Whoa! First, it's Darcy. I mean, now she, it's Agnes. she had to go to exercise. That's what she. That's what she said. Yeah, I'm just. Oh yeah, she did exercise. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. though, I didn't notice the tiger. I did notice the tiger on the table. Um. So yeah, my assumption to that is, um, we are foreshadowing um, the idea of protection, because okay. like in because uh, like a tiger, um how like the mother would protect her cubs so yeah, yeah. what i think and this is just gonna get into my theories as well Isn't but that a lion though Doesn't well i mean like um it could be both. It could predators be both. in general like it could oh, be yeah, like, yeah. I got you. I got like you. bears and you know those like wild animals lions and tigers and bears oh my oh nice reference thank you anyway, intended. anyway um but yeah, like I said, like going in, like this is going into my uh, theories and predictions. Something's going to happen to those kids where one is just going to go off like a fucking tiger if something happens to those babies. Didn't I say that? Didn't I say that in our first review, Brandon? Didn't I say there's going to be a miscarriage or something bad's going to happen with the kids? I think, yeah, we, we discussed. We I mean, you, yeah, we, bo- we both did um, say like something was going to happen to the kids. But there. Knowing that there were multiple tiger references to this episode and the idea of just uh, the protection like a tiger's, like a mother tiger protecting the cubs. Some, yeah, some outside force is going to interfere with, they're going to like do something to the kids where one is just going to freak out and just start attacking out of nowhere. That could be. Um, I don't want to get too in the theories, you know, I don't want to um you know have this be a half hour discussion about a fucking tiger no but yeah right i do want to say one thing and this this might be i like your theory i think your theory is more plausible than what i have to say 
about why there's a tiger. I think the reason there was a tiger. Okay, first of all, to take a step back, was the tiger in the little kitchen before Agnes entered? Yes, I want to say yes. Okay, it was. Okay, never mind. Yeah, it was. Never mind. My theory went out the door. I was gonna say that maybe Agnes put the tiger in there to keep an eye on the uh, the kids. No, but in this episode, on the kids. Agnes does seem more. How do you say? Um, more lenient toward the kids. Like she's very, she's very hands on with the kids in this episode. So that, I think that's going to foretell something later on in the show. Yes, that's I'll like an, that. that's like another thing too is that she says uh, something about kids. She's like sitting on like drinking like liquor or whatever. Kids, you can't how control close, them. You can't yeah, control you can't them. Control no matter how hard you try. That's when I'm going to discuss with my theories too. Oh, there's yep. so many. Anyway, though, uh, keep going with the uh, Easter eggs. Um. So. Um, obviously, Sparky the dog made its first and presumably last appearance in this episode. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Get wrecked. <laughs> um, but Sparky the dog is actually um, a dog in the Marvel comics. It was actually no fucking uh, Vision's dog back in the Tom Ke- in the Tom Keen series in 2015. Wow. Basically, Deep I think um, it was Vision's neighbor's dog. Um, and once it died, Vision took it back in and um, recreated the dog as its own, from my understanding of it. That's a, I didn't know that. That, that yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Interesting enough, though, um, you know how Vision like recreates um, his own family in the comics. I think Francisco might be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, creates wow. his own family. Okay. The daughter actually fucking kills the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe she beats the shit out of it, if I'm not mistaken, from my knowledge. And wow. it also relates to the plants that were in this episode. Hmm. There was like a little bit of a callback to like the original comics. Oh, that's cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I think that because I think the same thing happened to the dog uh, in the comics, like it did in the TV show. You know, you guys after this whole pandemic thing, then. You guys might have to come over and bring your Marvel movies over so I can get more knowledge on all the deep cuts that are in these goddamn movies. Bro, don't you have Disney Plus? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, that's right. My bad. (laughs) You can have a boy's now. Who needs movies anymore? I do, dude. I like physical copies of good movies. I will be (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's fair. That's fair. I'm very selective on what movies I put into my collection, but I'm when when they do make that, you know, honorable spot of being in Danilo's. Uh, 4K or Blu-ray. Uh, Your little Criterion collection. Yeah, you know that's that's when you know you made it as a film. But uh, yeah, I keep going with the Easter egg. Sorry, that was a little just a little tangent. No, 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 no. You're good. You have good um, deep cuts. I'll tell you that for damn sure. Yeah. Shit. I wouldn't know any of this fucking shit if one if I you know uh, didn't open a book and read. Two, um, because yeah, I just don't read, so I would never know. Actually, I do like comic books because they do have pictures in them. So I don't have to. I can just look at the pictures. Now, if you think those past Easter eggs were something, get ready for this Easter egg. Is this going to knock my ball sack off into my mouth? Like the red like the red light. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Brandon says maybe. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm cutting um, out. So, going. so, you know, when S.H.I.E.L.D. was... Oh, no, not S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, S.W.O.R.D. was... Uh, going through like the different um, files in their little video presentation about Wanda, yeah. like how they were showing like news articles and like um, like news um, clips and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. It's very very hard to see 
but I caught that somebody mentioned this on Twitter. There's a reference to uh, Pixar animation of all things. What? No fucking in the show. way. Yeah, in the, in the video presentation, uh, there's um, there's a um, uh, code or uh, however it is, A113 data. That's interesting. Yeah, and that, that's a reference to the classroom in the California Institution of oh, Arts. Yeah, the creators where, of Pixar. Where people like John Lasseter, uh, John Lasseter, Brad Bird, and okay, you know other other Lasseter, um, animators that got their start in animation. That, so I thought that was a nice little reference to that as well. How okay? I don't have that. I don't have that time to just be stopping. I don't have the time for that either. But <laughs> somebody <laughs> pointed it out okay. on Twitter oh, or right, on social right. media. Yeah, that that's a cool. That would be egg, something though. nice to like, you know, mention. mention? Yeah, no, that's that's for sure cool. I uh, I would have never picked up on that. I, I don't know uh, Pixar's history, things like that. You know, I know you guys mentioned a few things in earlier episodes as well. But uh, yeah, keep going, man. If you have any more, I don't know. Um, let's see here. What else do I got? Um, so remember the credits that uh, Wanda rolled in the middle of the, uh, her and Vision's conversation? Yes. Yeah, yeah. If she wanted to, like, end it. Those yeah. are actual real names of crew members that were a part of WandaVision. Okay. Not in, their, not in their specific roles that were, like, listed for each one, but those are real names of the crew members um, that were involved in the show. That's sweet. Yeah. I like when they do stuff like that. And that's not the yeah. first time uh, creatives have been in. The- no, they've been, they've been plastered out throughout this entire series. Yeah, exactly. That That's always cool. I like stuff like that. Especially like, yeah, they put in the most hard work out of anybody. Not, not to give discredit to like the actors or stuff, but no, like, obviously, but they do the prep work and they, kind they of definitely need the uh, respect that they yeah. don't uh, get from these uh, productions, especially like set design too. Like, I mean, with yes. the lamp, you know, yes. the tiger, oh, yeah. you know, they they really know how to, like, they definitely know, like, what's up, and they're definitely doing their research, and I'm sure it's, the, it's obviously the directors, too, that are, or director, it's like Mark, uh, I'm forgetting his name at the moment, Mark uh, Schultz. Schultz or something like yeah, that. Something like that. And, oh, uh, Shockman. Shockman, yes, yeah, Shockman. Some, I don't know, who cares? I'm like, all I have left is... um. Uh, Billy and Tommy were were wearing their respective colors like their you know superhero counterparts back in the comics. So oh, Billy wore cool. red and Tommy wore green and blue, which was yeah similar outfits to or similar color schemes to their outfits in the comics. Yeah, like we said, just the attention to detail on this show, the writing, everything that goes into the show is they very put in well the work, man. Out. Like yeah, they, they don't do. they don't slack off at all. They do. Now, I thought Star Wars put in the work. This show has proved, like, yeah, they're putting in the fucking work for this nine episode, ten episode. Especially with a new, unique show like this, where they have to do research on, like, all types of sitcoms. Yeah, exactly. I, I enjoy it. Anyway, though, guys, that wraps up the Easter egg segment of this episode. Now comes the fun part where we talk about theories on where we think the show is going to go, predictions, things that we notice that we want to you know, questions we want to ask each other on where we think the show's going to go. Who wants to go first? I would like to go first. Brandon would like to go first. Okay. Brandon, what is your If you guys first... don't mind at all. I do not mind at all, Brandon. I only have one theory, and it's just that Wanda and Vision are still going to face off. Um, 
So go right ahead, Brandon. He's going to keep running the net until like it actually comes true. I will. I will indeed. I th- I, th- I think that's going to happen, man. I just I, don't I mean, know. I'm not, I'm not I'm not uh you're not against it. I'm not against you're not wrong. I think eventually like they're going to have even if it's brief or something, like they're going to they're going to have some sort of fight with one another. Yeah. Like this show could just go numerous directions, you know. So yes. I I just think this is one thing that I know is going to happen. But go with your theory, Brandon. Let's let's hear it. Or what you well, your prediction? Okay, my first theory ties in with Mephisto because I for sure believe that Mephisto is going to be a part of the show, based on the numerous devil references that the show just lays down on us. Like it's it's bound to happen at this point. But going back to my theory, um, I believe Agnes is working with Mephisto in order to get close to Wanda's children. And so following up on that, I believe Mephisto helped create this world with Wanda in order to have her um, conceive children. So you think Mephisto's whole plan was to have Wanda have children? Yes. Yep. Okay. And he used Agnes to help with that. But we learned something in this episode, guys, that you have to like bring something into it to make it, you know, in her in her little world here. Mm-hmm. So we do we all think she was pregnant beforehand? I think so. So we no. That, no. no. Well, well, what are you guys referring? Like, how far? Well, we gotta like. Well, look it could at be it, like, however far she wants it. She could be. Okay. Are you guys saying like she was pregnant before the reality? Yeah, she would have had. I think so. She would have had to been for. It to be because well, uh, well, we had that whole plot line in episode two where everything was uh for the children. It might exactly. have been, but like I'm saying though, Brandon, you have to have apparently in this episode, like we found out, you have to have you have to bring in something to the world for it to quote unquote exist in her world. I don't you can't just she couldn't just create children or else they're fake children. Do you think they're fake children? Well, didn't Monica? Well, Monica and Jimmy Wu had this discussion where um, he brought up the uh, children, and Monica goes like, "Everything in there is real." But like, it might seem fake on the broadcast, but everything was real in there. Exactly. You say that? Yeah, exactly. So, how do you think she wasn't pregnant before, but she can just bring in children? Like, she's just that powerful. She brought in two fucking living beings. I mean, she created a whole fucking universe, pretty much. Like the, she, the she, she seems powerful enough to like. She seems powerful enough to like create children on her own, or at least have that in her mindset. I I don't know. I think she was pregnant beforehand, and you might argue about the timeline, because it is like I mean, unless she was like, unless she was like, she just found out she was pregnant when she busted in through the store headquarters. Uh, or, I don't. Like she must or have not she was, had a fully developed. Or she belly. might have been like pregnant in Edinburgh, uh, Scotland. Though she could have been because that's she was what, living that's with. When I think the, that's the what I'm thinking too. Yeah. And plus, here's the thing too: is that it's for the children. So obviously, she's created this reality in which it's surrounded by her life and her perfect, you know, her perfect yeah. reality. And would be surrounded by, you know, she's the main character of this reality. Therefore, it's going to be all about Wanda and her life and her kids, and. And like, you know, Danilo said, you know, everything needs, you know, needs to come from like the outside world in order to be a reality. 
And I think that really comes into play because that's what she brought from, because that was the last, because you took every, because we got to think about it this way. You took everything from me. You know, if you remember what Thanos, like when Wanda said to Thanos, you took everything from me. Right. And so, you know, maybe it's like, you know, took away like her father, you know, the father of her children or something like that. Not just like her lover, but also like the father of her kids. I might be reaching a little bit, but like I might be like reading a little bit too in like in between the lines. But that's just a strong possibility. I think I personally think that they were believe like that they conceived were uh, conceived outside. before them. Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm, 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 I just don't I'm I just a... don't fall into that because of her dream to have children. Like she never even like implied at all before in the previous movies that like she was conceiving children at all. She, but there was that there was only one shot where she, it was and that was when they were in that bed scene or whatever yeah in in infinity war that was the only time where it could possibly have logically made sense and i know we didn't see it but i I don't know i'm not disagreeing with you on the mephisto theory at all i I, it it just surprised me that you i mean to be fair like there wasn't enough time for her to like or there wasn't enough time for that to even be implied because she was only in like what five minutes of endgame and now, now we're getting WandaVision, which is her second appearance afterwards. So, I mean... But she could rush the process of being uh, pregnant, you know? It could that- be, but... I, I mean, I'm still going with my guts and saying that she conceived it within this reality. There was just... There's just no... There's just not enough evidence for me to see her so who do you think getting pregnant before then. Who do you think impregnated her then? Mephisto? Somehow, I mean, she could have like magically worked out a deal with him or something like that. That's another possibility. Okay, I'm like yeah. Okay, then I, okay. So you think? Okay, just, just like Mephisto's a mystical the, being too. Yeah, recap the theory just one more time because we kind of got off on the whole who's pregnant when they're pregnant. So I believe Agnes is working with Mephisto in order to get close to Juana's children. Okay, and you think? And you think they're. Mephisto or someone's in cahoots with Wanda to get her to oh, get like Wanda's he children. helped he helped create this reality with her in order for his own plan to come into fruition okay so he 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 disguised himself he as orchestrated an ally. this whole thing yeah he disguised himself as an ally but he really wants some power in it yes too. okay yes that's what I, I got did. you there I you know I I don't know we you sent us that video about how the devil you know is not prominent in China and how it may not be Mephisto, but like you said, everything's pointing to Mephisto, you know? Like I mean, Agnes he, dropped that line in episode two for that, like, not to mean anything. If, like, yeah, it doesn't yeah, end well, up being Mephisto at all. Yeah, and then we get all those devil references like uh, you talked about. Right, um, and the posters that keep posting up on social media. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the devil references that people say in the show. Yeah. And also with the lamp too, the lamp like with the, the yeah, kids and stuff. Yeah, the lamp, lamp in episode story of, three. Yeah, yeah, the story of Orpheus as yep. well. There's a lot of there's a lot of devil. That would are... go great with Wanda uh, Vision. That whole the Orpheus's you know yeah. thing. But uh, yeah, uh, was that it, Brandon? Or did you have anything more to say on your that one theory of yours? 
Oh, just on that one theory, I have a couple more that I have in mind, but um, I'll let Francesco say his uh, first theory. Okay. Yeah, like to, yeah, because that goes perfectly with like the piggyback with Agnes. Oh, you know? all right. Yeah, so oh, right. Okay. That, that actually works really beautifully. So basically, it's the line when she says, do you want me to take that again? I'm yes. surprised we didn't discuss yes. that further. So basically, it's, this is when Agnes breaks her character as like you know as like neighbor and the character shows that like that she's outside of wanda's control and so this is possibly so this is a possibility that she's working as a succubus or like i don't a know what friend. the hell that even means so a succubus is like a female like like a, basically like a worker or servant of uh the Maybe devil so. okay yeah. So kind of like the devil's own angel in a Ex- sense. Basically, oh, right, I mean, right. or like a, not, like a demon. Maybe I'm not saying that like she's a demon, but she's definitely the she's right under the surface. I mean, she, yeah. she's pretty much a witch at this point, right? Because like yes. she brought the doghouse with her as soon as like we just found out about Sparky. Exactly. So she's like, and you can, but however though, you can really see with like the way she acts about like doing the line over again, she's very submissive towards uh wanda okay yeah because we see in this very nervous we see in this episode too that wanda doesn't mind revealing her powers in front of agnes either right she's very comfortable with that she's very comfortable so that she definitely knows that so they definitely do know each other prior to you know the events of like the creation of this reality you know or maybe like they she was there as a witness of when uh she she exchanged, you know, like, you know, her promises to Mephisto or sold her soul to the I devil mean, yeah, or she made that been compact. There. She could have been there after um, Wanda's appearance in Endgame, like after that river scene or something like that. Exactly. And, and you know, she saw it at a moment. Yes. And you can see that she's like nervous when she messes up her line in front of Wanda. She's like very nervous. She's very submissive. And you could see this kind of nervousness as well when she was with Herb uh, and not you know because he didn't want to reveal the truth to vision about what was going on with the reality and i think that really comes into play that you know agnes and mephisto you know that that theory really goes hand in hand so you have two actually polar opposite theories you have either agnes is with wanda or against wanda with mephisto that's well here well i think that she's kind of the middleman if you will. So you think she's doing, she's helping both sides. Yes. Yes. Now that's interesting. Now see, uh, I have a theory. I can see it being a three-way triangle. Like, yeah. they, they're all uh, in the somehow. What? A three, no. Well, like, they kind of like, yeah. they kind of like concocted like, uh, like a loose plan together. But I see Agnes and Mephisto being like, having their, what? Nothing. <laughs> Keep going. A three-way triangle. <laughs> a three-way. Uh, what? And you didn't catch the joke like a quick way. No, well, I was probably like talking. And I, I didn't oh, hear you're good. That. No, you're good. You're no, good. We're, we're just messing with you. Yeah, you're going. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. It wasn't a point. Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, like, <laughs> I, like I could see this being like, they originally like concocted this plan, the three of them together. But really, Mephisto and Agnes are the ones like the more dominant in the role. I can see that. I a hundred percent can see that. And I had that theory in the beginning that remember Agnes was trying to be a friend to Wanda, but she's, you know, she's, she may be a bad guy. Something's going on with Agnes. 1000%. We all agree with that. She's getting closer. She's getting closer and closer to vision Wanda. As she you can is. See. But especially with the children. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so I have something I just want to point out with you on what you think this meant. Uh, going piggybacking off of Francesco about Agnes. So we see the dog just got absolutely obliterated by her plane. You know, you're done. I mean, uh, obliterated is a strong word. Okay, absolutely imploded because of the plant. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Any, anyway, though, the dog's dead. Wanda's going up like, oh, sorry, uh, you, uh, kid. You know, whatever their names were. Saying like, you know, sorry or whatever. And then the kids say, mommy, you can bring back the dead, right? Or some line like that, right? Mm-hmm. Agnes instantly looked confused and shocked. No, no. Why do you think that is? I think she was faking it. I think she I think she wants wanted to just like uh show that showcase that in front of her. Okay, so I think you she think, was playing up to it. So okay, now I can see that. Francesco, how about you? You know. I see her as like, cause she messed up in the beginning with like her role, you know, her lines or whatever. Yeah. And I think she's just really nervous throughout the episode of getting the lines right, if you will. Like, oh, you know, like okay. I can. I be- yeah. Oh, so trying she- to like stay in character so yes. she doesn't get caught. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I and that see way that. she doesn't have like vision, suspect anything. Cause. But, but Wanda threw her powers right in front of Agnes on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So she knows like. It- it could be either one because if it's Brandon's theory, Agnes wants to see Wanda actually use this strong power, which would be her strongest power ever to resurrect someone from the dead, you know, because she knows she has powers. Agnes knows Wanda has powers. But another thing is, too, is you got to look at it this way, like, of because you look in the 80s, you know, they always talk about life lessons, you know, to their kids. Yeah. And maybe she's trying. And what's interesting, too, is that they're saying like, oh, you can't bring back people. And she, and it's interesting because Sword was saying, Wanda, you can't bring back all these people. She was basically saying the same lines that she it's was ironic. Like, it is ironic that yeah. she was saying that. Another aspect too is that the kids are the, you know, the children, the offspring of Wanda and Vision. And they have powers as well. And you can see that they're already very powerful children from infants because they just rapidly age themselves like you know for like Mm -hmm. every five years yeah and these kids are going to be freaking powerful yeah they're going to be very powerful and she doesn't want their kids to be doing like all these superpowers you know to be bending at their will at every moment of time because she wants to you know adhere to like the wishes of like her husband who wants to conceal the powers and so she's trying to teach her kids that so that's why she doesn't want to you know, resurrect the dog. Well, no, I obviously know that's the main uh, lesson of the episode. It was just surprising to me that Agnes, like, there was something going on there. Yeah, you it's know, and we now, yeah. now here's a question that I have for you guys. Whoa, okay. Do you think Agnes purposefully killed the dog? Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, one thousand percent. See, I, I, I am leaning more towards that answer as well. Now, why though, Brandon? Is there a reason why? Because I have a reason. I, I'm. I. I think um, just going back off what I just said, like how like she just wants wanted to like fully embrace her powers or like okay. have her grow mm-hmm. more yeah. as a um, powerful character. I Go think more into the dark side. Mine was she yeah, wanted to have yeah. the kids age again. That's another. That's another thing that I saw too. Don't know why. Don't know what the hell being older does. Maybe you get cooler powers and so if she is working for Mephisto unless unless she wants them at a specific age 
for uh, if Mephisto comes into the show. Yeah, and that's what I, I and that's where I was kind of going with it. Um, yeah. And Francesco, you think she killed the dog on purpose? Oh, yes, hang on, one more thing before we go into the before we get into the dog anymore. Did anyone notice the mailman's like line of dialogue? Yes, your mom can yes. everything. Like the dog shouldn't have gone far. Yeah, but your mom won't let you won't let him go far. Yeah, but the dog clearly got far and you know was obliterated, and Wanda had no idea where the dog was. It's just meant for foreshadowing, no, just to see like for like what so. happened or what's going to happen. Maybe, but I. I well, what do you? Think? I mean, I think that just plays more into what the doctor said in episode three. I think it's um, what's her face's dog. I think it was Agnes's dog. I think Agnes planted the dog. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, but uh, that—that's just something I had. But uh, now, do you do you think the kids would have had anything to do with it since they're like starting to uh, gain their powers now? Kill, that's kill the dog? No, 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 no. no, no. I'm saying like bringing it to like oh uh, life. Well, here I need to know what my Marvel connoisseurs say. What the hell are their powers in the comics? So Wiccan has like I know that um I forget who is he it? has like the same powers as Wanda right oh, oh no okay. no we, Wiccan has the same powers as Wanda of like magic and you know mind manipulation Tele- and all that telepathy yeah and telepathy yeah. and all that kind of stuff but Speed is different though he has like the power of um just like Quicksilver this, right Quicksilver yes interesting okay well I don't know how those powers could create a dog but. It would make sense on why Wanda couldn't control it. We couldn't. I mean, I could see more of Wiccan doing that. Exactly. Yeah, we couldn't see Wanda control the kids when she was trying to put them to sleep. We Mm -hmm. couldn't see Wanda stop them from aging. And if they created the dog, that would be something that's out of Wanda's control because they created it. So, okay. So for my next one, this relates more to um, uh, Evan Peters' Quicksilver coming into the show now. All right. I believe that this is the start of the multiverse in the MCU. Okay, buddy. Okay, not trying to be mean, Brandon, but it seems no, like you have a hard on for the multiverse, man. I, I mean, I just love that this, this is the direction that they're going with. As well, go, like going into like the Spider-Man three news that that we're getting now and now, yeah, now more and more of. Yeah, the story, I mean, the stories that are breaking out of that are are insane, and it's very. I mean, exciting. yeah, the first couple movies are basically going to be about the multiverse anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, but there's a there's a lot of different ways that. Adam Peters Quicksilver because there's a lot of opportunities for where the uh, for the direction of his character, but for me, the best scenario would be that this is the actual Quicksilver from the Fox X Men universe. Okay, and that um, this is the beginning. This is like a small tease of what eventually is to come in the multiverse saga. And but here, oh sorry, oh I was gonna say like. Did anybody catch the last line in the show that Quicksilver said? No. I he, only watched he it. He looked at Vision and it said, who's that popsicle? So I'm wondering if he knows that Vision is a corpse. And if it goes oh. back into my multiverse thing and that he's like, and that he's not supposed to be in that reality, could he be like, could he be out of the mind manipulation and actually be seeing Vision's corpse? in front of them. Now I have a question for you though about this before we got start getting into it. Okay. How would Quicksilver come in here um through the multiverse? Like just 
like how would he do it? Is there a portal in this in Wanda's vision? Did he come outside and sword sent him in? I imagine there's I would imagine that there would be some sort of portal okay. to cross him over. But I can't remember if you said this or not, that there was like a house or something that was like a part of the uh of Wanda's reality that is actually like a gateway to the Yeah, I had that I had a theory about yeah, that. Yeah, I think you I brought that up when you watched a- the the episode yeah if there is if they are going to start the multiverse and they're going to introduce it with quicksilver i i said that there may be a house in this little town here that's a porter to the multiverse and somehow that creates the multiverse when this all goes to shit you know with wanda's vision and everything now see yeah i would agree with you on that only if they showcase more of the house yes obviously and you know maybe mephisto's the guardian of the house you know who, who the fuck knows but uh so Could you be. think now that's interesting about Quicksilver. You think yeah, because I, I know there's a the diff- X-Men. Yeah, because I know there's a different theory going around where like it's actually Mephisto, like in the place of Quicksilver. I just don't see that happening to me though. Me neither, because like, why that Quicksilver? Right. Ride that Quicksilver. And why that specific actor to play Quicksilver? Now see, I I'm going with the Mephisto one because I my next theory okay. to piggyback off of yours was. Who do we think Quicksilver is? Francesco brought up the point that the theory, that the main the- uh, lesson we're supposed to take away from this episode is we can't resurrect the dead. No. Nope. And what? And you know they mentioned Pietro or whatever. Yeah, Pietro. That's his name. They mentioned Pietro multiple times throughout this series so far, and we all know that he's dead in this world. But you guys are saying he came from the multiverse because we can't resurrect. And- so he came from the multiverse. Yeah. And you know what I found out too about this Quicksilver? Yeah. The X-Men movies take place in the 80s. Yes, you did say that. Now that is interesting. Yes. But so that's... That, that that's also fitting that this was the place to like have that occur. Here's something though, going back to Francesco in the beginning, because it's a trope, because you couldn't get the same actor. Do you think that they're gonna acknowledge it in the next episode that he's someone new? Or not? Yes, I think, I think they're going to they play will. up to that. I don't see. I don't think so. I think at least just... sword. At least sword will acknowledge it. Well, we saw. No, uh, you can say Francesco. Who acknowledged it first, man? Oh, Darcy did. <laughs> yes. So obviously, sword. Obviously, sword. And there's a tally mark on that. Yeah. Obviously, sword knows that this was a recast. But you brought up the point that '80s uh, television was if they couldn't get the person back, they would just kind of blow over, like. Oh, hey, cousin, and it's clearly not the cousin we but saw. But you can see, though, that Wanda is genuinely surprised, though. But is she surprised because it's new or because it's the fucking dead brother? I don't no, think it's her it's doing, though. I don't think it's her it's doing not, either. It's not her doing. It can't be her doing because that was no. the whole point of the episode. You know, I you think it's because of how strong her powers are, she doesn't realize that she's opening the multiverse mm-hmm. throughout this. That's I, my assumption. But... <clears throat> Yeah, I could see that. Sorry, that sounded like I was angry. I don't know why. But do you think, is Vision, is there a multiverse where Vision is still alive, where a real-life Vision could come into the show? Possibly. If there is a multiverse. Okay, now that's very interesting. It's interesting when you put the multiverse spin on it. See, I'm going to go, just to give my brief theory, I think that's what I was trying to do, um, that I don't think that's real Quicksilver. I, I think it's Mephisto. It's an imposter. You know, it's not from the multiverse yes, yet. I think they're going to open that portal at the end of the series, not doing it, do it in the beginning. 
However, if they do, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I think it would be pretty unique storytelling to just blow something out wide open like that, you know, in the middle of a, your new series. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just going to give you a little pushback there, Brandon, and say that I think it is just someone who's uh, impersonating the new brother. And I don't think they're going to address the recast. Uh, Wanda is going to address the recast in the next now, episode at all. Now, I could see that theory that you said, Danilo, being true. I don't want to see that happen, though. So, okay. Because so you can see it happening, but you just don't want it. because I don't want that to be the outcome. You, you, because I just think they're, they're teasing the multiverse just enough where if it actually turns out to be a different person, I would actually be kind of upset. Really? You, yeah, because I mean... You can't rush storytelling, though. You can't naturally just drop something like this and... No, but I like, I like how this is a small tease like this. Where, like, we're not really sure if it's, like, a multiverse thing, but, like, it's, like, more likely that it is. Yeah. Like, Francesco. it's the start of it, and then, like, once... Oh, no, no, go, go. No, I was just going to ask Francesco what he thinks. Does he like the multiverse? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I can, yeah, what does he think? What do you think, Francesco? I don't know, man. I really think it... I mean, there is a strong possibility that it has to do with Mephisto. But uh, there's so many openings, though, because, like, the multiverse. And it's... Uh, I have no we idea. Still, we still don't know who Ralph is. And we still, no. and we still don't know the, like... Dottie. Um, Dottie, too. We still don't Dottie know who Dottie is. Either. Yeah, Dottie hasn't showed up, which is weird, too. And um, I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna purposefully disappear until like the last couple episodes. I agree with Brandon a hundred percent on that. Me too. Me too. But yeah, Ag. Uh, who are we talking about? Yeah, we haven't seen Agnes's husband, Ralph. She's mentioned the husband multiple, multiple times. Well, here's the thing, though. I believe that Daddy's gonna come back this next episode because I think we're gonna get be getting the Halloween episode next. Yes. Yeah, and you notice that there's obviously going to be kids in this episode. There's Because remember, Vision said, there are no kids in Westview. Yeah, why are there no kids in Westview? But now yeah. we're going to get kids in Westview now. And, and another thing is, though, yeah. we're going to get Dottie back because this is a community thing, right? Yeah. So we're definitely going to get uh, like... It's going to be for the children. For the children. Did you and notice? So, well, another thing that's going to be interesting is, Who's what are the costumes going to be? The costumes, and I think, are going to be a play a major part in the plot. If uh, exactly based on their writing and everything, because Agatha, now, Hart, who, like who's who's whose costumes are you specifying? Everyone's like you guys, everyone's okay, like every, all the way down to Phil, mustache boy. I think that's going to be like, a, I think I agree with you, Daniel. I think it's going to be like playing a major role of like who is who. Yeah. Because, you know, because this is like Halloween is going to be the time in which they're able to be comfortable in their own selves because, you know, they're kind they of dress heroes. up as someone else. Yeah. This exactly. is going to be the next episode of fun when it comes to Easter eggs. I, I think so. Exactly. So I'm going to look for you based guys. on the Halloween theme. Yeah, I can see that. I'm gonna look to you guys for that exactly now, Francesco. Because I mean, in the trailers, they pretty much given away a couple of the characters' costumes. Oh yeah, we see they, uh, Agnes we, as a witch. As a witch, yeah. yeah. And then we see Vision and Wanda in their classic uh, yeah, OG comic costumes. costumes. That's cool. The I, OG. I, I like that. I like that yeah. um, callback. Francesco, you had a theory now <laughs> about Monica that maybe I did. tied into. Nope, doesn't tie in. You had a theory about Monica. 
I did. So basically, I had a theory about Monica Rambeau, and she had, I theorize that she has gained the same powers as Captain Marvel because in the comics, the character gained superpowers after being bombarded by an extra dimensional energy, the same energy, which could potentially be the same energy that is created by Wanda. No, I no. Can- I agree with that. I said this last episode that, you know, Wanda had that power of, they called it the Big Bang, and because she just obliterated, she yeeted uh, Monica out there, she could get powers. What powers do you think she has again? Captain Marvel powers? Yes. As they like similar, yeah, similar powers. Similar, similar. It's more like energy based, I believe. Yes. So it's like not, so that's like another thing too is that. It like you, we can definitely see that it had impact on like you know when she came out of the Wanda's reality. Because if you remember in the scene when she's in the real, real reality, that she shoots her own costumes that she was wearing in the 1970s and they're bulletproof. Mm-hmm. So if something were to happen to the costumes, then something would have happened biologically to her. And you can also see too, she like kind of um, takes away, she like, she kind of brushes off like her medical analysis, you know, coincidentally when she was getting like analyzed by the doctors in the, when she was recovering in the recovering recovery room. Oh yeah. I noticed that her uh, cat scan or whatever was all white, you know, like it was exactly. like overexposed. Yeah, much. Overexposed. Exactly. exactly. And so, you know, with energy and radiation, you know, you can't, because it's going to be overexposed, you know, you know, and and so I believe that she's going to have like some energy based power, and also this also kind of ties into two, uh, ties into like the battle that Danilo really really wants. So we always because we've been saying for the past couple episodes that we might have a Wanda and Vision, you know, fight. You know, but I believe that this is going to be a stalemate. This is going to be a stalemate because they both have the power of the Mind Stone. However, you know, there's another possibility too that Wanda's powers have doubled or maybe tripled and maybe even stronger than Vision, you know, with the help of Mephisto. But whoever can break, but the person that can break the stalemate would be Monica. So we might have a Monica and Wanda fight. Okay. Because there's definitely some like, you know, odd chemistry, you know, between Monica and Wanda. Wanda know, sees her as an ally some, somewhat. And Monica, he, Monica sees even her as brought an that ally. up. Yeah, because uh, director Hawthorne... Because he trusted her with the pregnancy, right? Yeah. Yes. And In director Hawthorne was like all like, shoot her! And Monica's like, we can't do that. We can't do that, you know? Or we shouldn't do that, right? Right? Isn't that what... Well, she said it wasn't originally armed. So I wonder if they, like, planted that... Uh, so I wonder if they, like, had that installed before. Yeah, but Monica's defending Wanda is what I'm saying. Yes. You know, well, like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. And then even when Wanda came out of the fucking, her vision, her bubble thing, you know, Monica was like, don't shoot or things like, like she she wanted to make sure Wanda was good, you know? Can but I just she, say that they picked the right person to play Monica? Yeah. Just yeah. Say the casting, the casting is perfect. phenomenal. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me $9,000. Um, <laughs> like any of us had that. Yeah, give me give me the stimmy then the next stimmy. <laughs> anyway, though. Oh, what the fourteen hundred dollars that we're getting? Allegedly, yeah. No, allegedly, no. yeah. Anyway, though, that is interesting that uh, 
she could get powers. And that's interesting yeah. that you bring up she's she could be in the fight. So what are we looking at a four-way fight here between Monica Vision um, Monica Wanda, Vision Wanda, and then whoever this unknown baddie is who we all think it could be Mephisto against Jimmy Wu's gonna have a battle, I tell <laughs> you. Jimmy Wu with this gun. That'd be he cool. should have been there for the end game battle. He would have he would have kicked some Chitari ass. Oh yeah. Brandon, do you have another theory you wanna list off and talk about? Um, this is kind of like a little minor one that I've been seeing after this episode. There are no minor ones when it comes to this show. <laughs> True. But as far like more of a subplot than anything. Oh, okay. So, like I said uh, briefly um, a while ago, I believe Sword was using Vision's body in order to create, you know, their own kind of weapons for their own use before yeah. Wanda, you know, eventually took him, uh, took Vision back to her, you know, reality. Okay. Because cause it seems weird how nine days after, you know, everybody, uh, you know, got blipped back, that no mention of this of Wanda, you know, taking back vision was brought up to anybody. Like it just seemed odd that they somehow like bring that up nine days afterwards. Yeah. And they had them and they had them broken up too in pieces. Yeah. So they were definitely using them for something. And do you have a prediction on what that something was or do you just think they were using it as like a weapon almost? I think they were using like they were going to use parts of him to make different, you know, sentient weapons. Okay. That's very I think that's a credible theory. So you're saying that they're, so you're essentially saying that they're trying to go against the Sokovia Accord, Accords? Yes. Okay. Now that, yeah, I could see that. So like this kind of plays out to like the possible coup that's like forming within S.W.O.R.D. Yeah. Yes. I And see, I would I believe- like, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would like that plot. You know the coup. Yeah, because you don't like repeats. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I I'm not, okay. I, I okay. That, so. I get repeats in storytelling if it's like new type of like you know movie A has the same type of plot, movie B has the same type of plot. I get that, but when it's the same property that has the same plot, it's like, come on, you know, let's let's stir it up a bit. But uh, I could see right. sword doing something like uh, I'm not yeah sword doing something like that. They're definitely not innocent. No, they're, they're definitely no, hiding they're something. Not. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and going back to that, nine days you said. So okay, do you remember the exact dialogue? Was it nine days they obtained the footage, or nine days ago? Um, I believe nine days ago was when uh, Wanda barged into the headquarters and took back Vision. Okay, and we so know that-, that must have happened before Monica. Um, that doesn't because that's at least that's at least over a week. Okay, this timeline before line... Monica even like came back into the agency. Okay, ninety. This is nine episodes. So the... I'm, I'm doing math right now. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, this has been pretty much confirmed that this is immediate. This takes place immediately after Endgame. Based on like we said earlier, like Wanda's wearing the exact same clothing that she was wearing at the end of the movie. So it had to be in that time frame somehow. That makes no sense, though. Like the time, I don't like that nine day thing, man. Because we, okay, episode five, day nine, episode uh, three and four are eight, 
Day seven is the 60s. Day six is the 50s. Day five is apparently when Monica started. So, you know, one, two, three, four, four days we have where Endgame happens and, you know, Monica. No, because Monica has to come back when Endgame, the snap reversed. Yeah, so that happened in episode four. And then a week after, like, the blip, she she came back to S.W.O.R.D. Okay, a week after. But they made it look like in the show, they made it look like it was the same day. Like, she came back in Endgame, and then she went to S.W.O.R.D., like, that same exact day. I mean, she had to go to New Jersey somehow. Oh, she wasn't right. in New Jersey? I thought she was. Anyway, this I'm is... Not, I mean, I'm not sure if the base is in New Jersey. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're, they're there somehow, like... Yeah, this is my new details. What I was going with it was that I don't think it was nine days. I, I think he's lying, and I don't think that footage is uh, right. That that was. You think it's? Answer. You think it's longer than that? I do. I I well, I think I don't know. I just think the footage is made up by the sword director, um, director whatever the fuck his name is. I think it's real. I just don't think they're fully telling the truth. I yeah, I think that's better. And like I said, going back to both of our bets, Francesco and Brandon, that we're gonna see Wanda's. Uh, point of view of it in the seven in the seventh or eighth episode somewhere around there um my next theory is oh wait were you all done with yours i'm sorry i didn't want to cut you off no yeah i'm pretty much done with mine that's that's how far i went with it okay my next theory is um like i said i think wanda and vision are gonna face off um i've been saying that for a while now so it, you know i'll just keep it brief i you know, we see Vision continually now, even more in this episode, not trusting Wanda. So I think that because of that, they're going to face off. Vision is gaining his own conscience, so to speak. He can't, he, you know, Wanda's not controlling Vision uh, in this episode, it doesn't look like. So we can assume that happens throughout all the other episodes. So because of that, I think Vision is going to face off uh, with Wanda. So that that's my theory. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can. Yeah, I definitely see the that that's the route that they're going to go with. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how um, Vision's character is going to play out now. Now that he's like more like he has serious doubts about like what's actually happening around him. I think they're gonna. You know, I I he does have like doubts, and I think like this kind of comes in perfectly to a television. Now they're not going to be like the happy go lucky couple anymore. Now they're going to be like, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen like married with children. It, it's I've like, heard it's of it. kind of like, it's kind of like a show in which like a man who's like married to like, you know, his wife, he's just over it with the relationship basically. And so there's going to be like a lot, there's like always like a lot of tension between like the wife and like the husband. And I feel like that's going to perfectly play out with like the tension between Wanda and vision. You know what I see happening in the next episode? What? When they do their intro, it's going to be like, you know, quick. I can I can picture it now. I can see Quicksilver like being inserted in and then like Vision in an entire thing. Are we going to see the 80s again? Yeah. No, I think we're going to go into the 90s now. Really? I don't know. Because, I, I mean, so. it seemed like it had a more conclusive ending than like the like uh, episode three. Here's a theory I want to go into um, because that other one kind of, you know, it was short. We see in that trailer that Vision talks to Agnes on that Halloween episode. 
Yes. Where he asks, you know, where she asks him, am I dead? And Vision says no. And then Agnes says, oh, because you are. How do you think that happened? If you guys think that Agnes is not in control of Wanda, uh, Francesco said that. Francesco thinks that Agnes cannot be in control of Wanda because Agnes kind of thinks, you know, like, do you want me to do that again? So it's obviously like she has free will. She's just playing the part. Do you think that, you know, Vision's just asking Agnes uh, questions about, you know, what's going on here? Or do you think that Vision did that little mind thing like he did with uh, his friend in, at work? Because oh, if he did that thing at, with his friend at work, Agnes is in mind, Agnes is under the spell of Wanda. Well, it doesn't seem like it now after this episode. Yeah, or do you think that was just a fake, a fake shot in the trailer? No, I think I think it's I think we're definitely going to see that scene in, uh, well, whatever it comes out, either the next episode or the episode after that. Um, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of curious of how that's going to be, how that's going to come about, since like Vision is now more worried about, you know, Agnes's role in this. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh so yeah, I'm yeah, like I said, I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to play out now um in the next in the next coming episodes. Yeah, it could go both ways and either way would be uh conflicting store uh, conflicting theories with uh you know what you guys predicted. Francesco, what do you think cuz you had the theory that Agnes, you know, isn't under Wanda's spell. You know, it's difficult to you know it's it's really difficult to say i don't think she is because i'm still standing by the fact that you know she's she's not she's definitely like aware of like what's going on I, it's just it's very difficult to say because i'm just really caught up with like the whole like uh the line saying like oh should i say do you want me to take that again yeah i'm caught up on that line too cuz it yeah, seems like she has total free will she does have total free will and she just happens to you know she's just playing the role and just like playing along with wanda and they're definitely in cahoots with each other but you know wanda has the upper hand you know in this situation but i just don't see well do you know what she immediately or do you know what she says after she says like do you want to do that again what she like it was more like authoritatively she goes you want me to have the children right like you want me to hold on to the kids? I wouldn't say authority. I wouldn't. You can. I wouldn't interpret it as like authoritative. No, like no. I more just, as like is like an act of servitude towards okay. Wanda because she's like I said, she's pretty submissive. It's it's an more um more domestic. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that'll be an interesting interaction on how they get there and how it's played out. More of that scene, you know. That scene just, I, I know it's just a trailer. And I know you shouldn't look too much into, you know, scenes in a trailer because they can make them look what, how, you know, however they want. But it was just that we had this theory that she had free will. But if Vision did that thing that he did with his coworker, you know, that uh, conflicts that theory. So I just thought that was interesting to bring to the table. And you notice how Norm doesn't specify who is like, who um, he's referring to. He just said she. Who? Remember, like, Norm, like, after, like, um, like, he's out of the mind manipulation? Yeah. He goes, like, like, she's, uh, 
she's controlling everything or like she's like she's the one in charge or something like that. He doesn't specify that it's Wanda doing oh, it. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Now, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. That, that or they might. Be, it could be a Dottie or it could be like Agnes. Um, exactly. Because they might gender flip uh, Mephisto, if you might. I if, think they're going to do that. They, because they did that, that, they did that with Hela in Thor Ragnarok. Because the original villain was originally a male, but now they tr- turned him into a her into a female and I so i that. believe that they might do that as well they might have a wasn't wasn't hella female in the comics though no she was a male really okay i could i could have sworn that there were a lot of like um comics where she was a villain no but and also the god in like original norse mythology is a male as well hell and just h-e-l instead of hella which h-e-l-l-a okay. and so i agree with yeah. you they're gonna gender flip I, I they might gender flip because no, I, I, I think they will. I think I I I'm I'll bet money that they will gender gender flip. Uh, and I would be fine with that. I, I would be fine, fine with that. I have no problem with that. Me neither. I, I have no problem. There's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be mad about it. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get we're gonna get hate on our podcast. You know, and be like these guys are SJWs. That's what they call Star Wars oh. fans, Brandon. That uh, <laughs> yeah. That like you know. I understand. Good I, I know what that means. Empowerment. Yeah. No, but yeah, Star Wars fans are brutal. I don't know how Marvel fans are. I've never interacted. I've never gotten Marvel a fans are, fight with Marvel. Marvel fans are a lot cooler. They're a lot less toxic than Star Wars fans. Because <laughs> I would, I would say so. They're a little more uh, laid back in a sense. Yeah. Like they're more accepting. But DC, say. but DC comics, so they're, uh, DC Jesus fans, Christ. <laughs> yeah, DC fans. You think are, there's a lot more in DC than Marvel? I think DC fans are a little bit more hardcore than Marvel. I think Remember they're. Remember when Heath Ledger got obliterated? Oh my Dude, that God. was the same with Michael Keaton when he was Batman. I know exactly. So who knows? Um, but Francesco, you had one about somehow Mister Fantastic and John Krasinski. Yes, about that. I see where so, this is going. Yes, want to so, go into that one for me because I don't know how you connect the dots to Jim. Uh, I'm not talking about Jimmy <laughs> Woo, but uh, Jim from The Office. But I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, if I mean, if um. If John Krasinski is playing who I think you're going to say. Yeah, go then, with like, uh, Yes. So, well, yeah, well, then, like, there's more. I mean, kudos to him for playing multiple parts. Am I right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, in the show, they're discussing of how, like, you know, they, ha- they, they shoot the costume that Monica wore. And she says, we need to talk to an astrophysicist. And she's like, I know a guy. And so it was I an believe, aerospace engineer. An aerospace engineer. And so I believe that this individual will be, I think this will be a, would I don't think this will be a Luke Skywalker moment, but it might be. I wouldn't say it's like the biggest moment, but it's like an important moment because you're introducing a pretty big character, which has been around since like Marvel's very beginnings. And I believe that this individual, this aerospace aerospace scientist or the scientist. Will yeah. be Mr. Fantastic, Richard Reeds. Played by played by John Krasinski. I think John, that's a fitting role. It is a fitting role because he definitely looks the role. And also with Emily Blunt as well, his beloved wife you uh, in real Sue life. Storm. It, you like, guys yes, think they Susan knew that? Storm. You guys think though they knew they were buying Fox when they well, were writing this show? They, well, or did they Feige's rewrite? halfway through and add these lines and scenes because they were like people on the internet though were like 
rumoring, like especially Marvel was like rumoring, like they were thinking about having John Krasinski because John John Krasinski was like in the talks about it. I know that. But I know he. I know he have, was in talks with Marvel. They didn't have Fox yet. That that's my pushback on Brandon's theory about the multiverse from the X Men. And your. See, I just think there was enough time for them to like I, write I that in. I don't. I. I, I think they wrote it in. I don't think it was originally in there. Because I think I they were filming last year, weren't they? I, I don't know when they were filming. They were filming. still that filming a, last year. That'd be a fast fucking turnaround if they put out a show like this and they were just filming it last year during a pandemic. I don't know. That That's my only pushback. I'm not saying I don't want to see John Krasinski. I'm not saying I don't want to see the multiverse, you know, be... Or totally... yet another a reboot of Fantastic Four. Yeah, you know. Four sticks. And I know, oh, well, actually, you know what? I don't know. Like, a lot of pre-planning goes into the show is what I'm trying to say. Yes, and they right. announced that uh, Fantastic Four was happening at that Disney announcement in November, December. Remember that, Francesco? Yes, they I They announced do. all that. Yeah. But the fact that they were still I maybe working on WandaVision or just wrapping up, that seems like a fast turnaround. That seems like they knew they were going to be buying Fox before that deal officially closed. And properties started to switch. You know, that's my only pushback, though. I have no problem with seeing John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. I have no problem with the Fantastic Four. Uh, well, I mean, when was the Fox deal um, closed? Did anybody know, like, an exact date? I'll look like, it up if you guys want to talk about uh, this still. I think it was, like, in 2017, 20, 2016, 2017. No, because that was, that was still I was still in college when that news came out. Wait, I think it was like I think it was like when we were fresh. Twenty nineteen, like March twentieth, twenty nineteen. March March twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Yep. Okay, so I think they would have had enough time for to re to like write in the multiverse. Yeah, think. because like the because the uh, original reboot of Fantastic Four was like in twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen. Yeah, was that with uh, Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, I think that was twenty fifteen. 2015 yeah so that was even like way before and i'm sure they were definitely like thinking about like redoing it you know and I, i'm well nowadays they move pretty quickly when it comes to production and stuff i mean they're taking fucking forever though for like the percy jackson series but that's like a whole different story but <laughs> you know i do believe that in my it's a strong maybe this is probably just reaching you know when it comes to like mr fantastic because when you think about like you know these like scientists you know i mean there's a lot of scientists in the mcu you know that are introduced yeah Yeah. so it's it's a strong possibility though that it might be mr fantastic you know played by john krasinski i'd love to have john krasinski he's a fantastic actor but it's also i i thought about the hulk too that was like another strong but he does like virology or something like with viruses or or no radiology or like he he studies like gamma radiation that would make sense because you know he's the hulk and that's how i became like the hulk because of gamma rays well uh, going into that luke skywalker-esque character do you guys think it's actually mark hamill and he could make an appearance who's he gonna play as yeah yeah remember i said that i said i told you guys that i said i think he's gonna be playing mephisto if if they don't do if they don't yeah. do the switch, he could be playing Mephisto. And she literally said, "Mark Hamill, you know, I, I think that it could be." He would actually play a you know a pretty well Mephisto. He's a fantastic voice actor. Like yes, he, yeah, 
kill. I was just look, sorry. I was just looking at my phone because there was a quote that said how much, how long, how long these movies go into detail. Someone said like, you don't know how long these movies and TV shows take the plan. It was someone from WandaVision. So that's where I was going to, you know, go back with my pushback on that. They didn't know they were going to buy Fox yet, you know, but who knows? Uh, who really cares? I don't have any more theories. Brandon doesn't have any more theories. Our guest Francesco doesn't have any more theories. So that's going to be the theories and predictions of where we think the show is going to go. Uh, please let us know what you think, you know, what your theories are, what your theories, um, what you think, the sh- what you, please let us know what your theories are and where you think the show is going to go. Uh, probably on Twitter would be the best for all of us. Uh, we tweet about the episode, so you can just reply to that. We would love to hear them. You can find me at Twitter at Danilo Judd, uh, D-A-N-I-L-O-J-U-D-D, and add a one to that, and that'll be my Instagram. Brandon, where can they find you, man, if you want them to? Yeah, the uh, most likely places for my social media, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BrandonM226, or um, Instagram, you can follow me there uh, at BLion2K20. If you guys want to um, talk about MCU stuff or just a little, know a little bit more about myself uh, from a personal standpoint. And Francesco, where can they find you? You can find me anywhere. You can find me on Instagram at Franny Officially. You can find me on TikTok at Franny Officially. And you can also follow my Twitter, Franny Official, with two L's, not the Y, Franny Officially. So, yeah, that's how you can find me, guys. And thank you for having me today, Dino. No problem, Francesco and Brandon. This has been an amazing episode. Once again, we are just thrilled to be talking about WandaVision with you guys. As you guys can, as you guys know, this is a podcast exclusive episode. This will not be found on uh, my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Danilo Judd. Thank you for tuning into the episode, guys. Let us know also what you thought of the new Winter Soldier and Falcon trailer. Anyway, though, guys, without further ado, that wraps up the episode for episode five on a very special episode um, of WandaVision. Thank you, guys, and see you next week.